I used to work the night shift myself, and I saw quite a few creepy things and some things I just can't explain even to this day. Welcome back to the swamp, and welcome if you're new, my friends. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true night shift horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your scary story to swampdweller.net. I'm always looking for brand new scary stories to share on the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, without further ado, let us jump right into these creepy and allegedly true night shift horror stories that might just change your mind on that new job you were contemplating. I've worked three and a half years now as a psych tech at a unit that covers the southeast portion of my state. The unit I work on you can think of as like the ER for the psych world. We admit individuals who are having mental breakdowns or who need help for self-harm, being disabled from their psych disorder or harming others. This unit is freaking old and has been around since the time of Moses it seems. Even though weird events go on, it's an awesome job helping others out, and I love working here while I finish going to school. I will say to start out with most nights, the unit is quiet and can be quite boring. So here are a few of the experiences on the unit that are more paranormal or spiritual. Naturally, with the type of individuals that stay here, the unit can have a change in feeling rather quickly. I've had individuals I've never met before knowing strange things about me or other patients, such as where I bury my dogs to rest or names of family members or the streets I've grown up. You'll get a strange vibe walking by certain patients. At times, my patients will say creepy stuff such as being told, The devil has sent its demons to watch me and to not mess up. I witnessed a lady who came in for suicidal thoughts slowly progress to sitting in a corner and screaming non-stop till she couldn't talk. This lady screamed the same phrases over and over in an empty room. I didn't do anything to you. Leave me alone. Why are you allowed to hurt me? I'm not a whore. The unit also has one room I dislike because no matter what the patient is assigned to stay in that room, they always seem to get much worse before they get better. The room is always cold even when the heat comes through the vent. I can recall four separate patients asking to switch rooms because the shadows in the room surround them when they sleep and buzzes at them at night. My most recent experience while doing my safety check in an unoccupied room had the door open. Previously in the shift, I knew it was locked because I checked all the unused rooms to make sure they were indeed locked. It's part of my routine. I thought housekeeping had come to clean the room possibly since a patient was discharged from there in the shift before. Next thing I knew, I had a soap bar and a shampoo bottle thrown at me. It was not a joke throw either. It was like right at me and it was very hard and forceful. The door slammed shut by itself. I think a patient is in there now, so I try to open the door to a completely empty and cleaned room. I locked up the room, pick up the soaps, and try to tell the other tech I'm working with what happened. We pull up the camera and sure enough, you can watch the event unfold in the hall. Not all experiences are bad or evil in the unit. The patients will sometimes tell me they had family that's passed on, stay the night in their room, and visit them until they fell asleep. 
Another time I had one patient tell me a giant white figure stood guard by their door and kept the shadow figures from coming in and they were able to finally sleep. We do seem to have a few regular figures that walk the yard and hang out in rooms. One we call the engineer because the figure is always being seen in the utility closet. The mysterious stranger resembles a character out of a game. He's a tall guy in a tannish trench coat and business hat, walking the same path around three in the morning and disappears after he passes a big elm tree. Before you come onto the unit, there's a large gym to play basketball, lift weights, or exercise, which low-risk patients can use with a staff member. On my fourth meal break, I usually eat and do a little workout. The gym also has a radio to hook your phone up to to jam to some music. This time I'm shooting hoops and listening to Metallica. My break ends so I put the ball away and unplug my phone to leave. As the music cuts, I hear a soft voice say, Keep playing. A similar story from a coworker in the same place. When she turned off the music, she heard someone picking up singing where she had left off. Apparently they also enjoy music, just as much as us. So a while back, roughly around mid-November 2021, I was working the night shift at my local 7-Eleven. My coworker was in the back cooking chicken and I was out front taking care of a customer and making sure all of our write-offs were done when I heard the alarm telling me the door opened and a customer has entered the store. I spun around to greet them and as I did, I saw a black blur rush through the door and dart down the nearest aisle. At first, I thought it was a customer that really needed the washroom or something, but noticed I didn't see them pass by any other aisles leading to the washroom. So I decided to take a quick look around the store to make sure they weren't trying to steal anything. However, I couldn't find anyone in the store. They just disappeared. Roughly five to ten minutes later, a woman entered the store and walked down all the aisles, seemingly looking for someone before calling out their name, Wesley. She only said it once before leaving the store. After that strange night, up until three days ago, things were normal. Nothing really seemed out of the ordinary. With the only incident I found slightly strange was hearing banging through one of the walls in the kitchen one day. However, one of the bathrooms is on the other side of the wall, and I was cooking at the time, so I really didn't know if we had any customers in there at the moment, which is completely possible. And it could have been countless things that may have caused that noise. We've had extremely high people banging around in the bathroom before. Teens will sometimes decide to get it on in there. Needless to say, that those washrooms have definitely seen some stuff, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was a customer. Anyways, on Thursday, January 20th, I was once again working the night shift. While doing so, I was ending my shift, getting all the paperwork and printing done. I was standing in front of the window, facing all the gas pumps when, for some reason, pump one popped up on the gas till saying that someone clicked the request help button, but when I looked out there, there was nobody out there. It was a ghost town. Not a single person was anywhere near the pumps. The entire lot was empty except for a couple of cars belonging to other people in the area who also worked night shifts in the neighboring stores. Later that same night, when I went to the washroom, the door handle jiggled when I was inside. This was an employee washroom in the back. Customers do not have access to it. When I came back out, 
I asked my coworker if she was trying to open the door, but she was getting cookies boxed to sell to customers and never left the front of the store. Anyone who's ever worked a night shift job will tell you that it eventually gets old. I remember being really excited about starting my first night shift job. I thought it would be so cool, like that episode of Spongebob with the hash slinging slasher or something. It was nothing like that at all. In fact, it got plain old repetitive after a while. I'm a male nurse and I had been working in a hospital nearby. It was a long commute and extremely unbearable. Once I finished my contract with the hospital, which was about a year, I decided to apply for another job, one that was a little less stressful and disorganized than the hospital. I got a job at a child psychiatric unit. Working with children with mental illnesses seemed like a cool job. Maybe cool isn't the right word, but meaningful. The hospital left me with this feeling of trying to save people who were going to die anyway, but with these kids, I could make a real difference that might turn their life around or find a way to let them cope with whatever is wrong with them. I was all around excited about it. The pay was even higher which had me really excited too. The only problem was that the only shift available was the night shift. The hiring manager told me that there might be a day shift position available within a couple of months and I would be the first one to get consideration if it opened. But that was about it. So there I was helping kids at night. The only issue with that is, is that they were all asleep for the most part. The only time I got to do anything was when one of them woke up or started misbehaving. This very quickly became the most boring job I had ever worked in my life. About a month went by and something moderately frightening finally happened. It was a night like any other. I was sitting at my desk charting some stuff I had done with other kids earlier that night. I had heard a noise that I did not quite recognize at first. It sounded like some of the kids were wrestling or something, but on the bed, I got anxious. As I did not want to go in there and see mentally handicapped kids doing, um, you know. Call me cynical, but that's where my mind went immediately. But when I got in there, I saw something that I don't think I can ever unsee. I turned the light on to see one of the older kids who was trying to smother another one. The kid who was doing the smothering had no previous incidents of violent behavior. I didn't personally know these kids well enough because I didn't work during the day, but I knew their cases well enough that the kid doing the smothering had bipolar disorder. It was severe, but he had never had a violent outburst like this. It was just so unusual, but I immediately pulled him off the other kid, and then he started fighting me. He reached around his own head and punched me in the nose at a weird angle. This kid had to have been 11 or 12 years old and I honestly was surprised at how much force he had behind his punch. He didn't break my nose or anything, but he bloodied it up. My adrenaline kicked in after that and I was able to restrain him without a problem. I called for a nurse from another unit in the building to come over and help me. I felt like this took forever, but it was probably only just a few minutes. The entire time I was waiting though, I couldn't help but look at this little kid who had nearly murdered another kid. When the nurse got over, we gave him some medication that would knock him out and sedate him and put him to sleep. I asked the other nurse, Carla, what I was supposed to do. She was there for a few years before me, and I assumed she would have a good answer. We just did everything you can do, kid. Violent outbursts don't get kids thrown out of here very often. I was a little shocked. I argued with her a little, 
but that was that. I tried talking to the kid that was being smothered, but he didn't really have a whole lot to say about it. He said that he didn't really know the other kid that well, but they never had any negative incidents up until this night. This was a few years back, and I will never forget how I almost watched that kid die. If I had just been there a few minutes later, he could have been dead right now. It wasn't long after that experience that I started looking for another job. I got one a few weeks later and I did my best to explain the situation to my case manager. She didn't seem to understand or care, and that's not my problem anymore. Today's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh, you ask? Well, HelloFresh has been the longest running sponsor on this channel and is one of my favorite services out there. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and several recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Warm yourself up from the inside out with limited time recipes inspired by cozy classics from around the world like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue or miso sesame shrimp and bacon ramen. I absolutely love these meals. I've been using HelloFresh for over two years now and it's been one of my absolutely favorite things. It's been great for my meal prep, great for my workouts and been helping me get my calories in there. You can customize your favorite dishes with their new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein for another, upgrading for a more luxe experience, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you. Now, if you want to join me and several others in the swamp, go to HelloFresh.com Swamped16 and use code Swamped16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Once again, go to HelloFresh.com Swamped16 and use code Swamped16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. You can find the link in the description down below. HelloFresh.com slash Swamped16. During the summer break of my junior year of high school, I worked as a McDonald's employee. I was 17 and naive at the time. I desperately needed money to add to my college fund. My parents did not plan it out so well, so there was a high chance I wouldn't go to college if I didn't get a job myself. I was mostly busy during the whole day. I was a day person and wasn't really productive at night. During the day, I was either hanging out with friends, working out, studying, or learning and practicing for coding competitions to add to my portfolio. And usually at night, I wasn't doing anything. The most productive thing at night was just some plain old written homework. Because of the reasons mentioned above, and because I do not sleep very well at night, approximately only three to four hours on average, I decided to kill two birds with one stone and take a night shift job. That way, I could get paid for doing absolutely zero mental work and get my homework done. I applied at a lot of places, but I must admit, I was a big fan of fast food. So fast food jobs were on top of my priority list. So when I got a job at McDonald's, it was a complete no-brainer for me. The McDonald's was located a bit on the outskirts of town probably for travelers and the like, but I didn't mind if I was getting paid, and it is isolated, so that also meant there would be comparatively fewer customers, so I might even get a chance to squeeze in another hour of sleep. 
I got into my dad's car and went to the store. It looked absolutely dreary. The outside walls had a bit of mold on them. I entered the small building to be greeted by a middle-aged man standing behind the counter. He greeted me with a smile and a nod of acknowledgement. He took me to the drive through booth, where I could be receiving orders, and explained how everything worked. The ice cream machines, the soft drink dispensers, and the fryers. After he had given a quick tour of the building, he brought me back to the counter, took a deep breath, and said, Hey kid, do you believe in ghosts and stuff? No, but why do you ask? I inquired. I know I'm going to sound absolutely insane for this, but you'll have to follow some rules while working here. Now, I know all of them sound unbelievable, but trust me, they are as real as it gets. They could even cost you your life. I looked at him, puzzled. What are the rules? And has anyone been hurt or something? I said. He pulled out his phone. He had multiple photos of teenagers who formerly worked there, but apparently ignored the rules and have gone missing since. Why don't you just go to the cops? I asked him interrogatively. Because no one believes me, he said, his voice getting shaky. They conduct a full search. They think I'm insane. They never find anything. He almost burst into tears, but composed himself and begged me to follow the rules and take them seriously. I said that I would, and his face lit up. He handed me the list of rules, thanked me, and left. I reluctantly smoothed out the piece of paper and started reading. List of rules to survive a night. Rule 1. Keep the lights on the drive through counter on, where you'll always hand customers the food, with an exception to Rule 5. There is a creature just lurking nearby, waiting for the lights to go out and you letting your guard down. Rule 2. There are security cameras next to the counter table. Always check who is in the drive-thru. If the person ordering is in a black Range Rover Evoque with tinted windows, do not speak a word to him. He will stop bothering you if you ignore his angry threats and drive away in a few minutes. If you speak to him, however, he is going to break into your booth and attack you like a wild animal. God knows what entity he is that can mimic a human voice so perfectly. Rule 3. If someone orders fries, tell them you're all out because you do not want to open a bag of frozen fries at midnight. Trust me, the scent will attract unwanted attention, and it will end well for no one. Rule 4. If you hear your name being called from behind you, stop everything you're doing, lay down, and close your eyes. You might feel teeth on your limbs, or giant talons rubbing against you, or your head, or torso, but please do not move. It will be gone after you hear demonic giggling. Rule 5. If you see a 5-year-old girl with no eyes, standing in the driveway looking directly at the camera, lock all of the doors and windows and close all of the lights. You might hear screaming, roaring, and screeching from the outside. Once it's been a minute since the sounds have ceased, turn the lights back on and continue with your job. Rule 6. If you hear people in the main dining room, do not check that out. No one is there, since the place will be locked. It's just another distraction by the creature lurking nearby. Rule 7. If the lights go out by themselves, chop off a toe or finger and place it on the drive through counter and duck behind it. You'll hear growls, followed by a quick snatching sound. Get up once the lights are back and check the counter. If your finger or toe is missing, congratulations. 
you're able to live to see another day. If the finger or toe is still there, just pray to God it kills you quickly and doesn't take its time cherishing your screams. Rule 8. It is advised that you do not sleep because then you can miss your name being called, or the five-year-old girl, or the laughing and talking sounds of people in the dining area, which can cost you your life. I was puzzled. If this was a joke, it was a terrible one, I thought to myself, just before noticing movement in the bushes in the drive-thru. Do you know how you think you can be brave and fight through fear during fight-or-flight situations? Well, no. Your body seizes up when facing the fear head-on without a warning. Somewhere in my heart, I believe that this list was fake, or an elaborate prank. But I did not want to take any chances, so I decided to comply with the rules. For the first hour of the night, literally nothing paranormal happened. I didn't even get a customer, till then, this will be easy, I sighed and thought to myself. Flipping through the cameras every 20 minutes, I almost didn't notice the little girl peeking through a bush, her eye sockets devoid of eyes. I looked at them, and they seemed void of any human emotion. They were evil, in a way. The more I looked in them, the more I wanted to cry. I was so fixated. I almost forgot to switch the lights off, but remembered Rule 5. I got under the counter after switching off the lights. I heard something slam against the wall, or the booth, something like that. It sounded large but lashed out and tried to break through the wall. Then I heard quick footsteps, followed by the cries of a little girl. The cries kept on increasing in intensity, to the point where I thought I would go deaf. I covered my ears but completely and obviously still hear the cries. The cries ceased within 30 seconds, and I heard a low growl. The growl was followed by sounds of roaring and slashing of meat. The sounds were so disgusting that I threw up all over the floor. After collecting myself mentally, then, I got up and turned the lights back on. I cleaned the puke up and contemplated what I had just been through. Before I was even able to finish thinking about this, I heard people talking. The noise is very distant. I couldn't make out any words, just laughs, giggles, and overlapping voices. The night was eerily silent, so I could just about hear every little thing that went bump in the night. I was just about to go check it out when I remembered some rules regarding this specific event. I reread the list and found it. It was rule six. I had to just ignore it and it'd go away. And so I did. I put on my earphones and started with some schoolwork. Almost one hour passed and nothing happened when finally a customer came through the drive-thru. I served them and was happy that there were people starting to come now. I saw another car pulling up. I was happy now. I was not alone in this hellhole any longer. My good mood was immediately put off when I saw it was a black Range Rover with tinted windows. I didn't speak to the angry man on the other side. He screamed his order. He said, I know you're in there. Are, are you deaf? I didn't reply and kept my cool. Ten minutes later, it was gone. My shift is over now, and I'm sitting here typing this, contemplating if this job is worth $200 a day or not. I wanted to quit, but the guy begged me not to, and that he would double my pay since I was so good at it, but I don't want to risk my life again. I used to work the night shift at UPS as a security guard. The security shed was at the entrance of the gate to make sure no one could get into the facility. The job wasn't too hard, I mostly checked seals on semi-trucks coming in, and when the shifts changed, I'd check in and out of the package, handlers working inside the facility, 
Package handlers would have to walk through a metal detector and scan their ID cards to enter. Their ID would make a green light go off when they scanned in, and we would let them pass. If they didn't have their ID that day, they had to wait with me and my coworker while one of us contacted a supervisor or HR to let them in. One night, my coworker and I just finished up, checking in and out the shift change. I was about to do one of our hourly parking lot checks when I saw someone approaching the shed. I yelled out, Late today? He said, Yep. And I walked back to help my coworker check him in. I don't know why I walked back in. My coworker could easily check in one late person by himself, but maybe I could just help him out. I also felt obligated to finish our conversation since I yelled out to him. When we let the guy in, I noticed that I had never seen him before, but new people come in all the time, so it wasn't a big shock. As he scanned in his ID, I noticed for the first time ever that the green light showed up red followed by a loud buzz. Shocked because I have never seen an ID fail, then, as he passed through the metal detector, it went off near his hip. He showed us his belt buckle and said must be this. Following protocol, we then ask him to take a step back. When the metal detector goes off, if the person removes what they are wearing that sets it off and tries again, they can go through. They need to empty all their pockets though. For whatever reason, going against protocol, my coworker lets him in after he removes only his front pockets. But since his ID failed, we couldn't let him in anyways, so my coworker lets him sit down in the shed with us while I call a supervisor. None of the supervisors answered their phones, probably because a shift just started and they were busy organizing workers. A few futile calls later and the late guy said, Hey, I'm going to be super late, can I just go in? I said that he couldn't just because I could get fired. He said, No one is going to know. But then I pointed to a camera in the corner of the shed looking at us. His face almost jolted to look at it. I told him, I would try HR. The night shift HR was a cool guy that would chill and talk trash with us on our breaks. He told us that a night shift HR worker is pretty much just a human complaint box. People just go to him to complain about other people. When he answered his phone, I asked him if he could come out and check this guy in. He said he was talking to someone and if I could just get his name and ID number, everything would be fine. I gave him the name and number on the late guy's card and HR told me he'd get back to me. While we waited, the guy asked us if we ever seen something crazy while working. I told him no, not really, and my coworker told him a story about a guy with a hatchet in the parking lot. I got a call from HR when I heard what he had to say. I almost froze right then and there. HR told me the late guy was an ex-employee. He was fired because he was involved in a violent altercation with the supervisor. HR told me to ask him to leave and call the cops if he did not. I did not know what to say so I made up a lie that there was only a new supervisor working tonight and no one could verify if he worked here. He then said well let me go get some co-workers that I know so they can tell you that I work here. I again pointed to the camera and said that if it's not a supervisor I would get in trouble. He then said how will I get paid? At this point I know he doesn't work here anymore. So I told him that I would inform them that he showed up to work and that they will pay him for a full day without him even having to work. Clearly frustrated and out of excuses, he got up and left. As he left, I noticed something in his back pocket. Something in the shape of a firearm or a knife. Not a phone or a wallet. The rest of the night was normal. The next day I came to work, my supervisor was there to greet me. He shook my hand and my coworker's hand and said, good job. He informed us that the guy from last night came back in the morning and crashed his car through the gate. 
I guess he was high on something, so when he crashed, he went unconscious for a little bit until the cops showed up. They searched his vehicle and found weapons and duct tape and shovel. Pretty much a murder kit. He was arrested and I never heard anything from it since. I quit a few weeks later, and I still cannot believe I sat in a room with a would-be murderer for over 20 minutes, and I wonder what would have happened if I just let my coworker check in that guy late by himself. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true night shift horror stories that'll freak you out. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes and that helps the swamp grow. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please give this episode a 5-star rating as it helps the show out a ton over there. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but would like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of all of that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I will see you all soon with another creepy video.